0: This is Dylan Russ, and you're listening to We're Not Dead.
1: We're Not Dead,
0: a podcast about a story of survival.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast of We Are Alive. I am Nick Voodoo and I am your host this week because Brittany Brombacher is at E3 being a video game nerd and and this is Dylan. And I'm Dylan Russ. And Dylan Russ is someone that I met at uh, the We're Live meet and greet. We're Live takes a bite out of the big apple uh, this past Monday uh, and he had lots of really cool things, like a t-shirt that is awesome that many people have liked on the Facebook page. So if you're wondering who Dylan Russ is and why he's on the show, that's why is because he takes the time to build his own t-shirts and wear them to wear live events. So Dylan, you were there on Monday. Did you have fun? It was awesome. Yes, definitely.
0: Just talking to Casey, it was just completely, like, I never expected him to be so like, I can't explain it, it's just... (laughs) You
1: you sound a little bit like Wraith, and you're stuttering because you're not quite sure how to express your words. Not, except yours is for a good reason. His is just because someone got shot in the face. <laughs> All right, I'm not sure. going to I'm I'm not going to do that this whole episode. I promise. Maybe just All a right. co- maybe just a couple more times. Um. So yeah, it was at David Buster's. It was a great time. Um. We even though they were late. <laughs> I I actually had to bail early because you know there's like this whole. Child and like responsibility and job thing, which I actually ended up not ended up going to work the next day anyway because I got food poisoning from the food I ate on the way home. So <laughs> I could have stayed later, I guess, and there would have been next to no consequences, but uh, I didn't because I was trying to be responsible. I was out of the door like eight fifty and uh, let everyone go about their business after I helped you know, figure out the check and, you know, was doing the whole, I'm, I'm the host of this thing. I'm trying to make it all work. I got the table for everyone. I got the food going. I was talking with the David and Buster staff to make sure everything was cool. And then I go home and I had some tainted pizza and got sick. So that was awesome. That was the end of my night. How did your night go?
0: Well, apparently Barack Obama came through the city. Oh and yeah. When I was leaving, I, I had to go around several more blocks. Like I was like, all right, straight path, right to Penn Station. Well, I tried been... <laughs> to go, and it just completely got screwed up. I had to go like six blocks further. Made the bus, uh, the the train with like thirty seconds left.
1: And hey, you know, at least you made it. You tried to go down Eighth Avenue, or not Eighth Avenue? Uh, did you try to go down Eighth Avenue?
0: I have no idea.
1: Oh, okay. You're one of. The, this is like you're one of those. Yeah, few... it's like,
0: yeah. I was just using my GPS, and my phone, and if without that, I would have. Never made it home.
1: Well, at least you made it home, because otherwise you would never have made it onto this podcast. Yeah, so for those that didn't know <laughs> and, saw, and didn't see the pictures, I did take a picture of uh, the marquee, which when I was walking up to Dave & Buster's, I slapped myself. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Really? There are two presidents, one current, one ex-president, coming to Broadway for one night only, the same night that I need to get a bunch of people into Dave & Buster's, which is like three doors down? You've got to be kidding me. Really? really suck it so when i left actually right around the same time that dylan was talking about they had blocked off half of 42nd street so you could not walk in front of the theater for fear that you might do something to the president so there was that so you know dear presidents in the future when we're live is on broadway let us have broadway it's ours you can't have it so that was the we're live event it was great it was attended by a bunch of people uh we got to meet a lot of fans I got to meet people that were interested in seeing me, which, by the way, really weird. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I'm I, me. I would expect people to want to see, you know, me, Grayson and Blair and KC. And then th- the first thing that happens was I had uh, this dude, Edgar. Um, if you're on the Facebook page, you know who Edgar is. Um, and he came up and was like, are you Nick Voodoo? And I was like, yeah. Can I get a picture with you? Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Um, you, you know I'm not really involved in the show, right? I I don't do anything really special. He's like, picture. I was like, all right, cool. So I got my picture taken, and now he has me on a keychain. So that's cool. Uh, So Dylan. Yes. When did you start listening to We're Alive? How did you come to it? How did you find us? Uh, Who's your favorite character? All that stuff. Give us your bio. Uh,
0: Well, I'm not sure exactly I came across it. There's a couple possible ways. Well, one, I discovered a podcast and I'm like, ooh, free stuff. I'm in for this. (laughs) I agree with that assessment. And uh, I'm not sure if I – I don't know if you guys know uh, Scott Sigler. He's he's another author. He's great. Who is it? I'm sorry. And um, Scott Sigler. Oh, yes. Yes, yes,
1: yes. I know who you're talking about.
0: I'm not sure if I listened to one of his audio books and then found We Were Alive or vice versa. Either way, it was – life-changing for me um and i basically started there and i got my cousin addicted because i'm like james you have to listen to this and we just we just basically bug out every episode and it's great um (laughs) and then bert that's why i made a t-shirt i absolutely love bert like the moment he came on there i just i fell in love with him he's awesome um just no other way. Like, I, I was so disappointed when everybody else was like, oh, I hate Bert because he got Lizzie out of the, uh, freaking tower and she's gone. I'm like, fuck Lizzie. <laughs> Bert's still amazing. <laughs> no, no, no. Not Lizzie's fault. Bert's fault. Bert's fault. Uh, um, yeah, so I think that's about it. I think that answered all your questions. Oh, uh, right?
1: what character do you hate?
0: Oh, what, uh, I don't know if I really hate any characters, um. I didn't care for Angela at first. He's all right. Now. Oh, really. <laughs>
1: uh, I knew I invited you on this podcast for a reason.
0: Uh, um, I, I like scratches. Everybody hates her, but she ha- she has to be there. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's there. She's there to hate. Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't really care for Riley. I think she's all right, but you know. I I don't really I feel any. There's a whole whether she's a lesbian or not, but that doesn't really concern me. So, so wait, let me get this
1: straight. You said at the beginning you don't care. For, you you don't necessarily hate any character, and then you rattled off what uh, scratch and angel and Riley.
0: <laughs> so you lied to me. No, <laughs> but some I just don't have a connection for. Me. Okay,
1: you know I mean? semantics. And anyway, the reason that we have this podcast is because we talk about the show. And there was a chapter part that was released a while ago. So let's talk about it. Um, So, uh, Dylan, you know the deal. You've listened. If something pops up in your head and you want to talk about it, feel free to interrupt me. Um, Otherwise, here we go. Chapter 30, Part 1, Short-Term Memory, which came with a slug sometimes you don't want to
0: forget. Some old lifer once told me that after three months, you start to forget things, especially faces, That's what started to happen to me. I wish I had taken a picture. Three months was bad enough, but after five, all I had left was an outline of what she looked like.
1: The episode starts with Saul telling us we've jumped in time from early to mid-August to December. He wishes he had taken a picture of Lizzie because her face is starting to fade in his mind. His IV is done and he is now healthy with a a little bit of soreness. He and Victor still live with CJ at Dunbar, and when he's uh, out on missions in the Southland, he still looks for signs of Maulers, Lizzie, Michael, or anyone else. He hasn't been keeping his journal because nothing important has happened until November 27th. He and Victor were getting eggs from a chicken coop, uh, specifically Chicken Coop 6, so there's at least six chicken coops. Saul has, uh, has the touch, Victor does not. The chickens bite the shit out of Victor. Victor complains about all animals, including the cats at Dunbar, not liking him and how they shit on his bed. They keep shitting on my bed. That just means they like you. Oh boy, man, I swear. I lock my door somehow and they keep getting in. Maybe you're doing something you're not supposed to. I avoid even looking at them. What could I possibly be doing? Saul says maybe it's because you're doing something you're not supposed to do, and Saul admits you unlocking Victor's door to let the cats in as punishment for stealing all the hot water. Victor says that shit's not funny. Saul obviously disagrees. Victor asks if there if Saul had asked, uh, thought about getting a dog for Dunbar. Saul says it's not fair to have a dog locked up all day. Victor agrees. He then shoves a chicken into a cage in a slight ironic twist. Thank you for Honey Ace four two seven for pointing that out on the forum. They talk about their entertainment plans for the night, which will be lost. Er, <clears throat> found. I mean. Uh, Saul wonders why since uh, why they want to watch that since they didn't finish it. He thinks it would drive him crazy not knowing, but they probably would have screwed up the ending anyway. Victor says he's sure they wouldn't have, and they would have gotten off the island. They call a check-in with CJ on the police handset, which is very spotty at best. They finally get a hold of her and say that they're coming back. Saul tries to convince Victor to watch anime, and Victor says, no way. Saul says he watched some with CJ, and she liked it. Victor said, of course she did. Saul gets defensive but gets distracted by a Chinook helicopter. They call it in. Can I
0: interject right here? I noticed that um, that there's kind of like a little uh, love triangle. Oh, yeah. Forming. Somebody else mentioned it on the forum.
1: Oh, don't you worry. We's going to talk about that <laughs> love triangle coming. Because it got the thing that makes it really interesting is the jump forward in time. and We'll touch on that once we get through the recap. It's actually going to be one of the first things we touch on. Uh, right. They call in the Chinook, and CJ uh, allows them to stay out to follow it. She says to be careful in a very soft manner. Saul and Victor look for the landing spot, but the trail goes cold almost immediately. They start looking, they stay out looking for six days and go out as far as Long Beach. On that night, on the sixth night, Saul and Victor spend the night outside. Michael provides a voiceover saying, The following was pieced together by various accounts. It might not be exact, but it's the best of what we know. And it's important to understand what happened
0: and how it changed everything.
1: Uh, we are introduced to three soldiers who are trying to communicate with someone. Fowler is in charge of the sat phone, satellite phone. He reaches someone who says the pickup is coming and they'll be there soon. They try to figure out how long they were out in the field, and the figure it has been six days. The captain, who's a female, tells Fowler to finish up his map because she wants to turn it in as soon as they get back. The three soldiers, who have obviously never watched Scream or any horror movie, commit three fatal horror genre errors in about a minute, including I'll finish it when we get back. Uh, referencing the map, saying it's been qu- it's been too quiet, and they were disappointed and hoping to see something different. Their prayers were answered, and something calls out in the night. The soldiers turn on their night vision goggles and see eyes in the darkness. One soldier keep- keeps insisting that they pop the flare so the Chinook will see them before it passes them over. Victor and Saul hear the Chinook and see the flare. They rush off as the scene shifts back to the flare going off and all hell breaking loose. The Chinook takes a while to get down, and Fowler gets killed in the scrum. The female captain goes for Fowler's map, violating yet another horror movie rule for the fourth time in about a minute and a half, and pays the price with a pair of busted legs. She goes all Nancy Kerrigan and screaming as the Chinook... Uh, and screaming in the Chinook that I can't feel my legs, I can't feel my legs, which strikes me as odd because she's screaming and, um, she obviously can still feel her legs in some manner. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, the Chinook closes up and takes Saul, uh, takes off as Saul and Victor arrive. Uh, Victor says, let's go. Uh, the zombies are still around, but Saul says the body won't be there in the morning, so they have to look for it now. They scrounge for supplies off of Fowler, including his night vision goggles, his rifle, his unit patch, his name tag his bag, which we presume also includes the satellite phone he used earlier. Victor notices the zombie fowler dispatch has a number on its arm. They take note of its appearance, saying it's number 12, skinny and pale. It's got filed nails and conclude this must be Lizzie's little ones. Only they're not so little anymore. And that's it. That was the chapter. Seems like not a lot happened, but a whole lot happened. Like, our recaps usually take a little bit longer, but not this time. Uh, So what did you think of the chapter?
0: Personally, I thought it was I feel like it's just gonna lead up to something really great, like it's just—it's just like the little turning point where it's gonna be like, all right, everything's just gonna—all the answers are just be coming out right now. Like, like we're gonna—we're gonna find the answers to so many things within the next couple chapters.
1: I, I agree, like what—or at least I hope. Well, everyone always hopes that Casey will give us answers, but he always gives us more questions. The bastard. No, what's really cool about what you see in this chapter versus what we saw, like. And last chapter, in twenty nine, the last part with 29.3, where we you know, we have finally concluded, we now know where Angel is, six feet under. We now know where Bert is, chained to a, a, a wall. We assume we know where Lizzie is and slash potentially Hannah. So the cool thing is, is now we've tied up, I think, pretty much every loose end that we can think of in terms of season twos, cliffhangers, and now we have six chapters to move forward in terms of now we have this new thing with LA. We have the soldiers. We have the sat phone. We have all this other stuff. We have the pieces and groundwork laid to push ourselves forward with the story and not have to cover old stuff. We can just cover new stuff. So that's cool. Um, so let's get into some forum-y type posts. Adrian HD, and like we were just talking about during the chapter recap, uh, what do you guys think of the impending love triangle between Saul, Lizzie, and CJ? Dylan, what are your thoughts?
0: Well... It, you obviously see now that, like, CJ is starting to feel a connection towards Saul and Victor because, you know, like, in the beginning, she just sent them all out in, on, like, a suicide mission. Didn't really care what happened to him as long as she got, like, the information. All right, this but, stuff
1: I was saying, like, oh, so what? If they happen to die, oh, well, they tried to choke me the fuck out. So be it.
0: <laughs> but, uh... I think I'm trying to see, I see like a little bit of a connection between like CJ and like CJ likes soul and I have a feeling Victor is going to end up liking CJ. I don't but. know.
1: Maybe. I know there's a lot of people like I know that every drama has the shippers. Like Harry Potter had the Hermione Harry shippers, the people that wanted Harry and Hermione to get together. It just was never meant to be. It was always meant to be Harry and Ginny and um Ron and Hermione, you know, I I feel like the, the people that wanted Victor to, uh, have a love interest, I don't feel like that's really in, uh, the cards for him. I don't think that he and CJ are ever going to have a thing, because what does that really gain us? Now, a love triangle, that's interesting. Yes. So, who knows? Um... And the other thing I was talking about where the the jump forward in time is really significant. You know, we were just talking last season uh, about how Lizzie was sick and how she was puking. You know, the jump forward now in time, that puts us from June or July when... uh, July, August, when she was getting sick. So, you know, you're talking maybe if she is pregnant, maybe a month and a half, two months into her pregnancy. And now we've jumped ahead an additional four months, so now we're like in second trimester and we're showing. So if Lizzie's pregnant and Saul is with CJ, that's going to be a really interesting dynamic if, you know, everyone happens to get into a room and is like, Oh, you're pregnant because of him, but I like him, so now I hate you. So that could be something, and I do agree. Very interesting. I, I, I really do think that that is... What's coming down the pike for this these folks is there's no way to avoid this love triangle because CJ's going to get butthurt. When, I mean, she has to know that he's still looking for Lizzie. I I would imagine she has to know because I'm sure he probably tries to push to the Southland as much as possible, but it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, Pharaoh AJ, or I don't know how you pronounce his name because he's very new and this was his first post. Uh, I assumed Behemoth somehow were turned and metamorphosized almost immediately. Same for jumpers, fast ones. These little ones seem to imply that at least one of the zombie leaders knows how to create these things and what would happen developmentally once they were created. So maybe the tattooed man or the man in the pinstripe suit had something to do with it. By the way, th- that be the same person in our opinion. Um, yeah. To do with the outbreak in the first place and knows how to harness the effects of ground zero or whatever biological phenomenon is happening there. As Bert said, the smarter you are in life, the smarter you are in death. Um I really hate the idea of the creating one. So do you, have you what do you think of the Franken Zombie theory? Like the creation of a zombie
0: from parts. Yeah, I I'm not really thinking that much. I think you more like a like maybe the behemoths, it's like a they pumped them with adrenaline. But I, I think more of a biological than a you know, that's it, a whole different genre of sci fi. It's just well, like, I I think of more realistic, and I think that's what Casey does too.
1: So, sort of more of a DNA thingy, or are you talking? Yeah, okay, definitely. Yeah, I'm. I don't think that Ink Pinstripe Man in the Suit, whatever you want to call him today, uh, I don't think he had anything to do with the outbreak per se. I really think that. I think the evidence is really growing strong that the outbreak was a natural occurring phenomenon, especially with what we gained from the chapter part in Ground Zero, where we see the cracks and the steam and the haze coming out from those cracks. I really feel like that's a really good indication that this was not man-made, so whoever happens to thrive with it just happens to be lucky, like ink happens to be lucky from going from his maniacal sociopathic self all the way down to the sociopathic zombie self. So I don't think that he had anything to do with the outbreak. I think he just happened to be one of the lucky ones that was closest enough and was able to, I guess, accept the power of the haze, as it were. Uh, another post from Gene.
0: Well, from here, should we get into the, uh, the tattoos on his hand?
1: Oh, sure. That actually is... Uh... Not half right. bad um, way to do that. Um, yeah, when I was talking to the K- Go for it.
0: Yeah, when I was talking to the at a... We we're live meet and greet thing. Like, he brought it up, and I'm like, this is really interesting. And apparently, he's, he was saying that, um... A good amount of what... Uh, who was the person that posted this, uh, Red shirt. Red shirt. Apparently, a good amount of what he said was true. He said... Not, he wouldn't say all of it, obviously, because he's Casey. No, you know? no, of course not. But,
1: the fact that he even acknowledged the fact that, uh... There was a forum post about it. was actually kind of remarkable. And yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so mad I missed the conversation because I was running around and schmoozing. So I didn't actually get to listen to the conversation. I didn't get to listen to a lot of the conversations. I got to talk to, like, Casey and Blair and Grayson for a grand total of about four minutes while they were in New York. Really? Maybe. Yeah. I was, I, I was busy taking care of everyone else's needs like a good host would. Uh, so anyway, continue.
0: Um, yeah, and Casey was, like, clamoring about, um, uh, that, like, the guy even knew what, uh, he even saw underneath the, uh, sleeve what the tattoo was going with, and the fact that he pointed that out makes me think that that part of, uh, his theory is correct, about the DNA. Yes. And then I, I was looking through some of my other notes, and I was connecting kind of some of the, uh, the forum posts, mm-hmm. and when they were talking about, uh, the DNA, there it, it was a. It was saying that it was made of hydrocarbons, and uh, hydrocarbons are found in coal, tar, oil, fossil fuel, etc. Mm-hmm. And the stuff found underground, so that's Englewood. Yep. And I was looking at a different forum, and it was like – that. I was saying that L.A. is a, a big oil place. Like, oil rigs are located all over. It's like the third biggest oil mining center in the country or whatever. Yep. And there's a bit of a connection. So –
1: So basically – For for all intents and purposes, he, through his artist, has been providing cheap evidence that the underground of L.A. has a lot to do with what is going on there.
0: That's right. I feel like that's where this story is heading.
1: So the thread we're talking about is on the forum, zombiepodcast.com. forum Uh, Under the Theories, and then under Zombie Theories, and the thread is called Ink, The Origin and Meaning of His Tattoos. Again, it's by Redshirt, and he's the one that analyzed the picture that you see of Ink's hand, uh, with all the little minor, minor tattoos, all the way down to, like, analyzing the snake. He found out um, where some of the alphabet letters that you don't understand, he found out where they're from. So it's a really good post. Check it out, um, and join the forum if you have a thought or feeling about that particular uh, thought. Uh, anything else in the tattoos?
0: Um, I'm not sure if the bacteria thing is right. I'm not sure if that's bacteria. Because um, I took bio and stuff and I'm like, it looks like it has multiple nucle- uh, nucleuses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure bacteria only have one. But I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. Um, I so maybe... believe you are correct. Yes, it's been a very yes. long time since I took earth science.
0: <laughs> um, so I think like it's just a. It looks kind of like a bacteria. It looks like the flagella on the side, but I'm not sure. Hey, um, hey, hey,
1: hey! Keep it clean. Flagella is not a word we use on this podcast. Okay, <laughs> calm yourself. God, take a cold uh, shower or something. R- relax. It's okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, uh I'm pretty sure that it is just one nucleus for a bacteria because it's no, it's yeah. No, I think it is just one. Uh, who, the, who the... Biology majors post on the we're not dead podcast number 38 and let us know whether we are right or wrong. And I'm pretty sure that uh, we are right. And I'm trying to make us wrong by talking
0: too much. Uh, um, And also I was talking, I, I dropped bio because I, I, I was not good at it, but, um, I was talking to some of my bio friends, and the guy was saying that maybe like it alters the geo, uh, the DNA, like the genetics of like, of everybody, the, the uh, bacteria. But I was talking to him, and they com- they confirmed my suspicion that only viruses do that. Correct. So I think that's kind of debunked a bit. Oh, well, um, viruses apparently definitely-
1: wasps too.
0: Wait, I'm sorry, what?
1: I said, viruses and apparently wasps, too, who make zombies for their babies to eat. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no. You are... You oh, you are, mean the ant thing? Yeah, the ant f- theory. Uh,
0: yeah. thing. I read that on the forum, too.
1: Yes. Lots of forum posts this week. Because there's been yes. a down week, so there's lots of time to post things. So, sorry. I interrupted you again. Go.
0: Um, no, I think that's... Um... That's about it. So, I pretty much determined that, the, like, the disease is DNA-altering. So, the disease is caused by genetic alteration and is cured by some... or suppressed by genetic mutation. In this case, probably Sol and his mother? So, are you, possibly?
1: Are, are you saying that it's a mutation... Are you saying that, like, the haze causes a mutation and, like, it's then transmitted by saliva? Or are you saying that it's a genetic mutation inherent to all people, that some people no, I'm saying have that the haze
0: or and bites cause genetic mutations that oh, okay turn people Great. insane say
1: insane crazy and okay yeah no I get what you're saying I just wanted to make sure that I was clear that it's not like the ah uh, I I can't bring it up because it's a spoiler. Um, if you have watched The Walking Dead season two, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm getting at moving oh, along yes. moving along before we spoil it oh, yes. cuz i got i got bitched at recently for spoiling things about uh, walking dead so i'm inclined to not do that here so i'm not going to um next post is gene 2 before the apocalypse the hospital in la would have had a nursery with dozens of babies there're also a lot of drugs and steroids of human hor- human horse hormones there's supposed to be a G in there. Human growth hormones, there we go. That could have been mixed with the zombie blood to make infected cocktail for the babies to drink, which then results in the penis. Oh, I'm sorry, the the little ones which grow into the penis, I think is what his post was. I may have accidentally cut part of his post out. Um so not again, I'm not I'm really not sure on how I feel about the little ones in terms of their growth and what Ooh. they become.
0: I kind of see what he's saying, like, maybe, like, the little ones are a basis for how the special zombies, if that's what we call them, I don't know, um... Yeah. How they branch off into different sectors, like the jumpers, the runners, the behemoths, so on and so forth. And I can kind of see that, but I'm not sure if that's really, you know, where Casey's going with it.
1: Yeah, I... I I've, I've tried... I think to... the little ones
0: have a different purpose. Right, uh...
1: They seem to be they obviously're a little more specialized um because we don't see them very often, and when we do see them, they're kind of vicious and delicious and awesome um you know we've seen them a grand total of three times we've seen we've even seen ink more than we've seen them well in theory we've seen ink yeah. more than we still don't know the for the fact that every time we see the guy with tattoos or this suit, it's the same guy um it's still it's still a theory. It's like a 99.9% confirmed theory, but it's still a theory. Um, so, you know, they're, they're very, very specialized in the fact that they're getting so much intrigue and face time to them. That's And it's spanning for a decent chunk of time. It's spanning from, like, chapter 22 to Or Sorry, not even. Chapter, uh, like, 17, 18, uh, all the way to now, where we've only seen them three times. Yeah, three times, that's it. So, that's sort of odd I think and I think that's the, the intention is that they're really really important to the story in some way shape or form and that could very well be you know for all I know hey maybe that's what michael's talking about in terms of um you know where it changed everything so who knows other than casey he knows everything yep. uh, another post <laughs> sorry go ahead uh no, that's think- it okay i heard you talking this time so i stopped i love <laughs> skype Skype is awesome. Uh, Bullethead said, I am uh, re-listening to the episode now, and I just wanted to touch on the thought some had about uh, Saul using the new phone to contact Michael. Didn't he open up by saying something along the lines of, I'm still looking for any sign of Michael and the others, and then followed that with, let me get back to November just before shit got crazy. Um, yes. We and Cabbage Patch pointed this out, or s- someone pointed it out, and Cabbage Patch acknowledged it, and... Fuck if I remember who pointed it out in the first place. So, again, sorry. Uh, But someone pointed out that, yes, odds are Saul now has a satellite phone because Fowler was the one that had it, and Fowler got eight.
0: So, that could... Let me interject here. Um, Yeah. Well, personally, I love the Lost reference in it, but I love that the Lost reference is continued into the satellite phone. I don't know if you watched Lost. Nope,
1: uh... I did not, so I completely missed it.
0: Okay, so... One of the main things, did somebody mention this also on the forum, I think, they referenced it, I don't know. Um, basically, in Lost, the helicopters come to the island, and they're sent there, and, and this happens on multiple occasions. And then one person follows, and the, the helicopter goes, crashed to the island. But somebody falls out, they find the person, they're all injured, they're mangled up, and they take their satellite phone. And that, that girl later dies in the story. Spoiler alert, I guess. That's ah, too late. We already, over, we already, we already yeah. spoiled a bunch anyway.
1: I feel like that it's um, okay to spoil things that are concluded. Go ahead.
0: Um. So they had the satellite phone to contact somebody else and lost. And I forget. Casey was mentioning lossy. I think he said he loved it, but he hated the ending.
1: Oh, oh, yes. Casey has been very vocal about loving the series and hating the way it ended.
0: <laughs> um so I I like I love the connection there and I love the connection that uh Saul and Victor are stuck in this little part of LA away from Michael and everybody else like gotcha. somebody else mentioned that on the forum I I don't know I I don't bother reading the names I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know what I, I'm not going to remember them I, I'm not going to lie to you uh, I I I am supposed to read their names because I'm supposed to be taking the information and I still don't do it, so it's okay.
0: It's all right. We're just we're just basically stealing from people. Oh well. Yeah,
1: little plagiarism never hurt anybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. English teachers will.
1: Like, oh man. Greatly disagree though. Man, I married an English teacher. I'm screwed. All right. Um. HoneyAce427, the aforementioned person who um, caught the cool little uh, everyone should be free and Victor puts a chicken back in the coop. Um, Another thought, with their ability to watch TV does anyone think that they would watch zombie flicks? Sorry if it's been asked before. Cons, it's a little too close to home. Like after your pet dies, you're not going to want to go watch Old Yeller. Pros, maybe you pick up some tips. Would you, Dylan, in the zombie apocalypse, would you if you had power, watch Night of the Living Dead 28 Days Later? Any zombie movie. Oh, well,
0: I love 28 Days Later, so I would always watch that no matter what. Okay, fair But, enough. um, since I already know them pretty well, I feel like I don't know if I would learn any tips. I, I, I literally have the zombie survival guide like two feet away from me right now. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, but, I like to think I would, or I at least get some, uh, zombie related novels such as the zombie survival guide. I just skim through it when I need to and be like, blunt force object better than the katana because you just hit somebody in the head and it's stuck, in it, it's stuck in the skull or something.
1: Well, if you use the right technique, no sword will get stuck in anyone's skull. Yeah, go for the blunt force. I
0: suppose. You know,
1: go for the neck. If you go for the neck, there's not nearly as many bones. Um, I think that I would have to say no. Too close to home. I don't think I would want to watch zombie movies in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, tips or whatever, sure. But, man, that would just be like walking over your own grave or something. That would just be weird. It would, I feel like it would be like foretelling my ending, and I would don't think I would like it very much. <laughs> ghibli. Ghibli, Ghibli. Yeah, I agree. Um, Litmaster. Ask specifically, Hey, Nick, what do you think is the over-under of Bert making it out of the Mahler camp alive? I'd put his chances at 20%. I'd put his chances <sighs> higher than that. Um, I would say o- over my 50% threshold of success. So once you're over 50 I think it's going to happen. I'm going to say not confidently 60% because I can see it going either way. I can see Bert uh, dying to help Lizzie escape, perhaps, or maybe Hannah or Lizzie and Hannah. Um, That'd be good. That'd be a great way to go. You have to admit that would be a nice yeah. sacrificing um, way for him to go.
0: When I was talking to Casey, he was saying that uh, Bert is his favorite color, uh, favorite character. to so just write for him because he's just so – he's awesome. I love him. He's my favorite character. That's why I made a t-shirt for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, what is there not to love about Bert? Uh, exactly. Um, that's what, uh, Well, I think that's why he would survive. Casey would be like, I want to continue writing for this guy, so let's bring – like through, but I don't know if there's too much character development for him. That's the only side effect. He's just there to be awesome, like just for everybody to love him. Th- this may be completely biased, though. I, don't, I won't say it's biased. I think that,
1: and it's it's a story. It's a very very common storytelling, uh, trick for lack of a better term at the moment. Um, to have someone who is. Think of like Highlander and Sean Connery, someone that's really old and really grisly and really awesome, and then all of a sudden you know he dies because the point is is that you are supposed to lose your you are supposed to lose all your mentors before you move on to the final act uh Bert's a mentor as much as he is a main character, he is a mentor he's a gatekeeper, not that gatekeeper he's a gatekeeper in the story and Odds are Bert does not make it out of the story alive. Um, I don't know when or how he goes, per se. But I think he's going to get out of... I, I, I want to say he gets out of the Mauler camp because I really want him to join back up with the crew. I agree. And then get taken out. What did you think of his Bert? Be taken out. I just don't know when. I don't know how. But I don't think that Bert survives the story.
0: I, I think I have to agree with you. I I love him. I, I'd be very, very sad if he goes anytime oh, yeah. soon. But I think... The point that you made before was, I think you just hit it right on the mark. Where he he's gonna sacrifice himself to save Lizzie or, or somebody else to get out of the molar camp and just, I feel like that would be a really heroic way to go and, not a pansy way as a, angel's way. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I mean the other so. the
1: other thing to consider too when you think about it is um. He still he still probably feel I know that he said this last season, but he still feels responsible for what happened to Lizzie, he still feels re- uh responsible for Saul. He's responsible for the two of them. Um so, you know, it's it's hard for me to imagine how he can make it up to them without giving that sacrifice. Um, so who knows? On that note though We do have uh, listener-submitted content this week. It is from Zombie19. He did some impersonations, and Bert being one of them, is actually the first one in this little clip. Uh, He also does Datu, and then he gives us uh, a Michael Swan impersonation. So here is that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. This is going to
0: get interesting. Shirley here never lies. Michael! Thanks for the corn dog. I'm Datu, the maintenance guy. Welcome to We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Your
1: hosts, Brittany Brombacher and Nick Voodoo with a side of baseball. Episode 36.
0: It wasn't bad. Um, it's so hard. Bertie's just, it's yeah. so hard.
1: I have tried. I gave up because I started to hurt myself trying to imitate <laughs> Bert because it's so... I'm not Scott I'm not Scott Marvin. That is all you need to know. no one here is I can't
0: do any impressions, so I'm not gonna even remotely but you, attempt.
1: I, I will say the Datu. The King Datu the resourceful? That was kinda awesome. I thought that was pretty damn spot on. So uh and of course Michael Swan's another is so, is again so hard because he's just got that sort of old timey horror movie narrator quality to his voice that's really hard to imitate but he did a really great job so again thank you for that if you guys have other content that you want to submit to us um, you can send an email to zombiepodcast at uh, no what the hell is the email address for this place we're not dead podcast at gmail.com that sounds right that sounds there are so many and Brittany keeps saying there's so many but she only gives out one so now I'm getting confused because I remember a lot of the old ones from like the first 10 episodes um yeah, so there's there, there's that too. Um, another post from Shoulders Malone. I think we're missing something important from this episode. Michael says this is the point where everything goes to shit, and that must mean that Fort Irwin is in trouble, and this points to the encounter with the soldiers and the, the numbered zombie. Whilst it was said that the captain only had a crush injury, there was obviously something more to this, and considering the quarantine procedures at Fort Irwin, it must be something that is hidden like the virus lying dormant. So do you think the the captain who got her legs crushed, uh do you think she gets quarantined? Do you think there were some people that thought she already got shot because as you were listening to the um the Chinook helicopter gate close, you heard a soft at the end, and people thought that sounded like a gunshot. I'm of the opinion that it is the um locks of the gate closing which is metallic and would be hollow yeah, metal I, sounding.
0: I didn't catch that. I listened to this episode like probably like about 10 times. And I, I, I'm i like, I know I'm missing something. So I listened to it again and again, but I didn't catch that. I, I did try to listen for something, but I think she made it out. I guess there is a possibility, but it's so hard to tell with an audio drama that there's no visual aspect. Yeah. You can't be like, Oh, I see that little drop of blood going across the screen. Oh, the trajectory just lands within a foot of her or something. It's just you have no idea. Right. It's all guess.
1: Yeah. I'm actually almost even wondering because like I know that when I first heard it, I was like, Wow, the little one like when I first heard the little ones and the, the distant growls, I was like, oh, it's the little ones. But they sound different and it's because they got bigger. Um but when the the one that attacked the captain sounded way different i'm almost wondering now that i'm thinking about it if maybe the little ones don't turn into behemoths because man that sounded really deep and guttural and it was like the just the execution of that particular moment was just so different than what we expect out of the little ones and not to mention it seems like the little ones with the sharpened claws and and resistance to being injured, it seems like their their motivation would be hack slash and not so much crush. At least in my opinion. I don't know what anyone else thinks.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that you, sounds you know what I mean? Right.
1: So yeah. I'm wondering what it was that attacked her. Do you think it was a little one? Do you think it might have been something else?
0: Well, wasn't there multiple zombies? I may have been mistaken. Guys. Oh, no,
1: there was definitely multiple things going on.
0: Yeah, so I feel like it's really easy to be crushed somehow. I feel like there's just so much going on that anything could happen. You know what I mean? Like so man Can I see that? I don't know.
1: That's 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 another one of those lovely things that because it's an audio drama, who knows? Um I'm having a hard time coming to grips with the fact that a regular zombie can do that damage. Personally, I'm also having a hard time coming to the grips with a little one doing that damage, even if they are bigger. I understand I'm still calling it a little one, but I understand it's like Adolescent one, I guess, A preteen,
0: little one sounds better. Don't even switch it. <laughs> the, the,
1: the Justin Bieber one, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the tween one. <laughs> the tween wave zombie. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> your music sucks, zombie bang. Um. So I don't know. It's it's hard to know what what crushed the lady's legs. Um. it's hard to know whether or not she's infected with anything because, obviously, the the chapter cut off and we don't know how she is. Um, But, I mean, usually, like, crush injuries don't turn you. Michael got crushed in some way, shape, or form at the waterworks, and he didn't turn. He just broke his arm. So, in theory, she should be okay. But we don't know. Yeah. Um, Um... But, again... Uh, for those that thought that there was a gunshot there, I, I'm sticking true to my theory that uh that was the helicopter gate closing, and then you hear two, you hear the the lock sliding into place and clicking home. So that's what the tunk sound you heard. It wasn't a gunshot, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I have to agree there. Yeah. Uh. Right. Um. Let's
1: see. Huh. So, we had a couple of advertisements for We're Live this week, one of which was um, for a zombie love story, which caused absolutely no fuss or controversy whatsoever, and the other one was for CrackerEyes.com, which caused a bit of an uproar on the Facebook page. Not so much in the forum. I don't think anyone really paid that much attention to it other than, say, (laughs) Chortle. Um but yeah it was uh, you know it, I personally
0: liked the commercial I thought it was pretty funny I went on the website I'm like all right this is pretty cool I get into this but and I understand
1: I I understand where people are coming from with this if you I don't if like you it. don't know what is going on and you don't want to concern yourself with it then you know i guess skip past this or listen and become intrigued or listen and uh continue to be uh, apathetic to it um but it was it was brought up on the Facebook page by a couple of people that they, they found it insensitive and that, because again, if you didn't, if you are, if you do what a lot of people apparently do and you skip past it, um, it's a website that you take rap lyrics and turn them into air quotes, uh, plain old English. Not like ye olden English, but like English that you and I are speaking. Um, And some people took offense to it and said, you know, it's still English what's being said and... Uh, it's uh, it's something to be aware of that people are uh, you know, people will associate this horrible thing with uh, we're alive and you have to be careful of your image and all this other stuff. So, and I mean, it, it was a good long conversation. It's on the Facebook page still if you want to read up on it. It's really long. It's yeah. somewhat I don't want to say somewhat heated per se, uh, but It's a conversation that if uh, there are people in the We Are Alive universe that uh, did not like that per se, and did not um, care for it at all, so uh, odds are it's going to be—it's advertising. It was paid for, so odds are you're going to hear it again on Monday uh, when the next—I
0: don't know, maybe uh, maybe after this uh, outpour. Who knows? May possibly be a refund, but I don't know. I I could see their point of being being a little racist, but. Uh, like I'm really against like racism and stuff. I, I completely support that. But I'm like, I, there's a point where you just you're becoming ridiculous. You know, like I am I allowed to say this? I don't know. You, Is this allowed? You it's, say whatever you want. If I don't like
1: it, I'll have bees bleep you or something. I don't know. You're you're free <laughs> to say what you want to say.
0: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I feel like these people are getting a little too heated about this. It's just it's a commercial. Get over it's not like Casey's like oh I hate I hate this race or that race or these people are just no good it's just it's a commercial
1: and I I completely understand that point I think and I'm not I'm not going into what I think I'm not going I I we all know I have the ability to be a contrarian so I'm going to do that for the sake of doing it um you know the point being that There are people that can be offended, and you have to be worried about your image. And that's really a lot of what the point that people were bringing up is you have to be concerned about your image, especially as you were growing in uh, size and popularity, and which brings us to the general idea of the oddies, which happened, and the reason why we had the whole get-together in New York, which, consequently, We're Alive uh, did not win, unfortunately. Uh, They lost
0: to... Sad face. (sighs)
1: Oh, sad, sad, sad face. We need to send Bert after the audio award judges. Uh, They... uh, We're Alive did lose. Uh, They lost to a BBC produced...
0: They told them.
1: They told them. You know, there's a second verse to that song. Um, We're Alive lost to a BBC produced uh, audio drama. So I guess if you're going to put a feather in your cap, you lost to the BBC. So that's kind of cool to be mentioned in the same even category as... The BBC. That's really kind of cool. And that was the whole reason that we have... uh, That we're live missed an episode and all that other stuff. So we are sorry that that has happened. Um, I say we as if I have anything to do with it. Uh, But, you know, it had to be done. They had to come out here. There was no one to produce the episode. Um, But they lost. They had a great time in New York, I hope. My city is wonderful. It is awesome. And we actually have some decent weather here, which was not forecast for... Which is delightful. We did get rain yesterday, but it was really delightful and nice today and yesterday uh, for most of the day. So hopefully, they got to see the better parts of New York. Is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, I, I was happy because it was just the perfect temperature that you could literally run around in the entire city and just not be overheated.
1: Yeah, that is the war. Like if if no if you are out in the suburbs or if you are out in rural areas and you're listening to this podcast. Uh, There is nothing quite like um, urban jungle heat. Oh my god, it is terrible, because you are roasting off of blacktop, and more blacktop, and sidewalk, and it's just terrible. Uh, And it's always humid. It's never dry heat. It's always humid heat, at least in New York. Uh, New York is just a horribly, horribly humid place during the summer at times. So that's... That is there anything else that you, we did not cover that you wish to cover about this episode?
0: Um,
1: because I know we spoke about a whole bunch of things beforehand.
0: Uh, some what? Well, somebody mentioned the uh, satellite phone. I thought it was kind of cool that um, well, they, they mentioned that he thinks in an ideal situation he'll call them, and they'll have to use the secret code. It was something like oh, like the, the man lo- loves his beef tacos or right, the something like the that.
1: hidden the the, the yeah. code that Michael might put into it.
0: I feel like that'd be so great. It'd be like, oh my god, I found this phone. I'm gonna call them, and everything's gonna be great. And then it's just gonna be a complete letdown, and it's just gonna be like such a disappointment to him. I feel like that. I love that tension. Whenever we like, even in The Walking Dead, I'm like, let this guy. I, I can't. Oh yeah, I can't say the spoiler. No. But, <laughs> yeah. Again.
1: There are people that haven't seen it in and and Walking Dead. I d- <laughs> Damn it. It's the closest thing we can compare it to. But I know. Whatever.
0: But I like to see tension in the show. Like I'm like, yeah, this is the main character. Let him die so everybody else is like sad. It's like a horrible way to think, but it's just it adds to the drama and just makes the show that much better. Yes. I couldn't uh, And somebody else wrote in that um Again, don't know who it was that uh, the journals may be in the backpack because um, Michael may have been like, all right, you guys are now writing journals to find out, you know, what's going on. And maybe that's how he pieced together all the information from what he knew. Yeah, it's hard. It's going to be
1: fun to know what pieces he has to piece together from. Does Saul and Victor get involved? Is CJ involved in it? Do we go all the way to Lizzie after rescue? Is that involved in it? Because you know, shit starts hitting the fan. So what's the shit? Where's the fan? Who who are the blades of the fan? Et cetera, et cetera. And so it.
0: Well, did well did he really say like something bad happened? I don't remember that. Oh, no. I remember him saying it's not, it, he everything changed.
1: Yeah, it's uh, what was the? I have it in my show notes. And it's the exact, exact, exact quote. Is uh, it might not be exact, but it's the best of what we know. And it's important to understand what happened and how it changed everything. Um, now you can always presume that that is a negative. It doesn't necessarily mean it is a negative, but it could be a negative. Um, so, um,
0: somebody posted that it may be. Uh, they may have found the cure because they they have Tanya out there and. She's doing her thing in the little jail cell and stuff and maybe right, they, they, get- they learned some stuff from her. Like they analyzed her or and they may have found like some genetic thing that's like, alright, if we alter people this way or if we insert them with this vaccination, they'll be good. They'll they won't uh I don't think they'll ever be able to bring back the zombies to living again. Mm. But I think they could vaccinate people.
1: Yeah, I think I would I would agree that you may be able to vaccinate, especially if it's like a DNA thing that we were talking about earlier. You might be able to vaccinate against that because you might be able to, to create an antibody to whatever virus it is, if it is a virus or a bacteria. Again, who knows exactly what is causing it. Um, but I think... I, I, don't, I don't... I don't think there's a way to change people back. But you could probably prevent the people from... that are have not turned from turning, uh, which seems to be the evidence that we were given from um, Tanya and Saul. Or at least so far, Tanya, definitely Saul. Uh, Saul is not turned. We have just seen Saul. It's four months down the road. So yeah, for all we know, Tanya is perfectly healthy and fine out of her cell now because it has been four months. We don't know what's happened in those four months. But, you know, that's a lot of time in this world to figure something out. So there's there's that part. um Um, good
0: uh what do you think uh the map is about
1: that is a question that i have not put much brain power to the only thing i can think of is nothing i'm not gonna lie i really don't know what the map (laughs) i i tried to think of why it was like it's a cartography map but it's like yeah but why you don't need to know the topographical features of los angeles my understanding is that los angeles for the most part is pretty flat and then there's some surrounding mountains like most Um, places um
0: yeah i looked on the forum and this is like the first time i ever went on the forum i i looked at it before i just got confused i couldn't stand it so i left but you, I prepare for this, so you, I, I looked through. You probably
1: joined, and then you made a post and a comment, and I probably ripped it apart. And for that, I do apologize. Because I do that every once in a while.
0: I don't even think I made a post or a comment. <laughs> I think I just...
1: <laughs> I'm a dick that way, though. So it, it occasionally happens. I've gotten better, though, now that my medication's kicked in.
0: Ha! <laughs> uh, um. as I was saying. Uh. Well, I, I... Made some theories. Maybe they're, like they're patrolling a sector. They're looking for something. But um, somebody's like maybe they're looking for the fuel depots. It was the same person that I mentioned before that said that uh, mm. that uh, there's a bunch of fuel in L.A. or whatever. Yep. So maybe they're looking for that so they could stage their war against the zombie apocalypse. Um, or to to may-
1: retake the resources, which would be yeah. necessary.
0: Yeah, and then looking for uh, the naval depot station, possibly, where they got the Hummer and stuff from.
1: Oh, you the the reserve base?
0: Yeah, apparently.
1: Uh, that, That's what somebody said. That is uh, Mike.
0: I feel like they would know where that yeah. is. So well, Michael, I, Michael I, would I, definitely know little... where
1: that is. I, I think also Michael would know from hearing from Angel that it's wiped out and there's nothing left because CJ took all the guns that we know now. Well, we know now that CJ took all the guns um, because they left the keys in the door. Um, You know, there, there, there are some Hummers left, but do they really need the cars? I mean, they have the entire city of Boulder full of cars that they can steal from, which they have retaken and claimed, so they don't really need the vehicles. I can't imagine there's much else except for MREs that they would need from there, well, maybe MREs are a good enough reason to go
0: back. That's true. Um, and the most probable one that I found was uh looking for more nests. Oh, looking for more nests. Yep, that is. I feel like that, like, well, they could combine the fuel depot thing. They're gonna stage it. They're gonna prepare for attack, and then they're gonna find out where they're going to attack. And the nest. Somebody said um, they they could, they possibly could like just be like. All right, this coordinate, this coordinate, this coordinate. Send
1: send it in airstrike.
0: Cleans over, airstrike, bam! Just all these they just they just wipe them all out.
1: Gotcha. That could be that. That would certainly be a good enough reason. Although, no, even they were saying they were expecting more. So yeah, maybe that's what they were looking for was a nest of whatever. And uh, that's just the way they were doing was set down, press out, and then get picked up, and then press down, uh, set down, press out and just map the territory and see what you find. So, yeah, that that's actually not a half-bad uh, idea. Um,
0: so, unless there's anything else that you have... Uh, the road clearance? when uh, So Sol could eventually get back to Michael? Oh,
1: no. If he's going back to Michael and he's going to Ford, when I mean, there's no way cars are anywhere
0: involved. Well, apparently somebody was like, all right, we could... They could take a, what is it called? A special like plows, and they just hook it up to like a big car, I just plow through. I feel like this is a little unrealistic. I feel like you'd just be better off with a four wheeler, but uh, just going off-road. Uh, uh,
1: man, I feel like you're better with a helicopter. Get in the Chinook. Even better,
0: away. but but I feel like that would be, I feel like it would be kind of badass. It kind of reminds me of a, what was that movie? Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Zombieland.
1: Oh yeah, well, there's that too. the The original Road Warrior or Zombieland eh, whatever. Um, no, I don't. I don't think. La, La. Think of again, just like the show Lost. La is an island. You can't get there except by flying into it. You can't get off of it without being flown out of it. Uh, and if that goes against the mythos of Lost, I
0: I didn't watch it. I don't care to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, the only- There's also a boat. No, no, I re- No, I just started watching Lost. It was like, I decided two months. I'm like, all right, I've heard enough about this. I'm gonna start now. I have three episodes left. I love it. Well, apparently,
1: you you have three episodes left. Apparently, after that third episode, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> Either that, or you're gonna watch The Sopranos, and then you're gonna hate the ending of that too, or the end of Seinfeld, or what other shows? Okay,
0: Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld's end. I was gonna starts. say what I, I love.
1: What other shows sucked out on the end? There's gotta be something else. Too many. Um bewitched. Bewitched Drag Dragon Ball GT. Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah, mine was freaking There was two Darren's, damn it. What the hell? Okay, sorry. Um they think that we wouldn't notice. We noticed. Even without IMDB. Um alright. I think that just about covers everything. And then some um. So, Dylan, do you want to give out like a Twitter handle where people can follow you?
0: I don't have Twitter. You don't so... have Twitter? No, you... I, no, I do, but I don't. I never used it. I, I, I made it so I could uh, go out and just sign up for a Windows Phone contest or something, and then I was just like, what do I do with this? I don't even know how to use Twitter. Uh, you can send me a Facebook invite. <laughs>
1: Facebook. Who uses that <laughs> publicly traded company anymore? God. Uh, okay, so you can find uh, Dylan on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if look you look out
0: for my. Uh, I, may, I think I am going to make another T shirt. I am go My next one's probably gonna be Victor because I am. I am liking Victor. I already made a solid one. Nice.
1: Um, so yeah, if you need to find if you would like to find Dylan and friend him because he's got really cool T shirt ideas. Look on the Warrior Live Facebook page. If you see someone uh, named Dylan wearing a T shirt that says we're live on it and there's big pictures of it, that's your Dylan. You can friend him there. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it up. You can always find me in Nick Voodoo uh, on Twitter because, you know, I'm normal and I have a Twitter account um, at N-I-K-V-O-O-D-O-O.
0: Nobody cool has Twitter. Don't ignore him.
1: I think there are a few thousand million people that are going to disagree with that assessment sir. Uh, so anyway you can find me at Nick Voodoo Uh, go to the forum zombiepodcast.com slash forum find We're Alive uh, on Facebook uh, at We're Alive also on Twitter wait wait do do they have a MySpace though? what's a MySpace? is that like Facebook except for losers? that's my understanding No, uh, I'm pretty sure there's not a MySpace page, uh, nor is there a Friendster (laughs) page. Uh, You are probably able to download episodes on Napster, though. Um, And that may be it. Don't actually go try and find it on Napster. (laughs) Napster? Really? Fire good, Napster bad. Um, So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, We will talk to you again next week, we hope. And we're out. Ah wow.